えー、と英語で話してほしいという声が聞こえますね。Fuck you. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring. Mr. Stone Gossip! Hey everybody now, welcome to Live on Four Legs, the definitive live Pearl Jam podcast. Randy Sobel here, John Farrar over there. Hi John. Hello. We're, we're getting very close to tour time. How are you feeling? Uh, getting excited, man. Like these shows, it's it's been a while since we've had a tour that we didn't know what to expect. You know, like Seven a, years, yeah. You gotta, it, at least, even before that. Like, even with the with Lightning Bolt, we kind of knew how the shows were going to go because it hadn't been that long right. since they'd had new material. But with this one, like, they've got an opening band. We don't know how that's going to affect everything. Like, we just, it's, everything is completely unknown as far as these shows go. We don't know if it's going to be, is it going to be finally the greatest hits tour? Is it, Are they going to be playing more very... rare songs because they're going to be more 10 club seats? It might, they're getting more... They're, they know they're going to be playing for more of the fans, so I'm, I'm very interested to see how these first few shows go. I'm counting the weeks. It seems like from today, this when this episode releases on Wednesday the 26th, three weeks until Toronto, the first show, and we'll sort of get the feel of what they're going to do, especially with the new songs and how many of the new songs that they're going to bust out on day one. And the, you got to think, the band hasn't played together in a year and a half. That's probably one of the longest stretches they've gone without doing that yeah you got to think rehearsals have been going on this whole year in seattle i gotta think they've been holed up have to working out working out everything that they're gonna that they're gonna do and i'm surprised that there's not it's gonna be interesting i'm surprised that there's not gonna be like a warm-up show in seattle somewhere like at a show box there still could be there still could be it could be unannounced we don't know yeah and maybe like what they're doing with the apollo is kind of that essentially that it's yeah. replacing that but i don't know I, I i feel like you know a tune-up is needed for this sort of yeah, thing if you're if if you're in seattle that that week before maybe just kind of hang around the bar <laughs> scene and see see if you see anyone milling around you yep. might want to might come up with something cool there but yeah we still don't have a leak of the album so if anyone's holding on to it please send us an email i'm very yes. interested to hear the rest of these songs so uh yeah it's uh We've we've waited a long time and the wait's almost over. Yep, hundred percent. So uh, we have a lot of cool things that we're doing on tour and uh, that we have for you for this tour that uh, we're excited to announce and we've announced them on our social media this whole week. So why don't we start with 
the merch. Do you want to start with the merch? Does that make sense? Just merch sure, them all yeah, we, right at the beginning. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. You know, you guys did did some stuff back at the very beginning, but we we got our shit together for this tour and uh, got with uh, Andrew Taylor, who did a great job on some graphics and artwork for us. And we came up with some shirts and hoodies and things for the tour and some of the shows that we're going to be at. So, yeah, I'm sure if you go to our Facebook or you can check the link and check out what we have, it 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 you know it all goes back to supporting the show and we're going to be raising money for the for the Australian wildlife. So it goes to a good cause. So yeah, definitely check that out. Yeah. So what we're gonna make, we're gonna have merch for every stop that we have a presence in. So we have some New York City merch. We have Yankee and Met colors for hoodies. We have a Baltimore uh, hoodie with uh, the Orioles colors. We have a t-shirt for Nashville with the Predators colors. And we have two different St. Louis ones where we have a red hoodie for the Cardinals and then sort of like a navy cool kind of logo uh, with a like a circle logo. That's kind of cool. So, uh, And then we have generic uh, just 2020 tour stuff if, if you're going yeah, if to you're going Canada to or California or something like that or something yeah so uh we have something for everybody and if you are gonna meet meet up with those us at these shows or even if you just see somebody somebody from that's connected with the podcast will be around for these shows uh and we'll be handing out stuff so we have we're gonna be handing out stickers at most of these shows so if you see somebody handing out stickers you know, let us know that, uh, that we got, we got in touch with you, you know, uh, we, we got a bunch of stuff to give out and, you know, we're, we're excited to give it to you. So St. Louis, we're actually going to do a big meetup at the wheelhouse. Uh, that's after the Cardinals game or four o'clock, something like that. Bagel and I are going to go to the Cardinals game, a big group of people going to the St. Louis show. I think it's like 110 people are all going to the Cardinals game, all Pearl Jam fans. So mm. yeah, that should be really exciting. Hopefully we get to meet some of you guys, uh, if you're going to that. And, uh, then afterwards we meet up at, uh, at the wheelhouse and do like a little pre-party and, and all head to the show together. So it'd be cool to see everybody wearing the St. Louis merch when, uh, when we get there. So, you know, just keep that in mind. And, uh, March 5th is the deadline for the store. This last day to order is March 5th. The link is lo4l2020.itemorder.com. It's on our Instagram link in the bio. It's probably, you know, all over our Twitter. It's all over the Facebook pages. If you can find it, uh, if you can't ask us live on four lights podcast at gmail.com, we'll help you out and we'll go through if any questions that you have, uh, in response to that. So, um, what else do we got going on? Do we want to shout out some patrons this week? Some new people that yeah, have joined us? Yeah. Had a, had a great week. A lot of people, you know, we've been talking it up a lot of people getting excited about the tour. We've been putting a lot of stuff up there, uh, exclusive for people, you, you know, not, not just episodes, but other little things that we found. I finally did get the Mike Watt video up. Yes. So, um, if you're interested in seeing that, you can uh, you can go over to patreon.com slash live on four legs. But yeah, we had uh, some new people. I definitely want to thank them on the show. Who, who do we got? Matt Servideo, Tom Van Hemmert, Marty, of course, Marty from Scotland, and Sylvia Davidson. Yeah, Marty's been on the show before. Yeah, yeah thanks so a lot, guys. Thank you. And, you know, all of this goes into us putting together, you know, these these events and putting together the the stickers that we're giving away and we just kind of anything that we do we we want to try and give back to you guys because we know that this is 
a long show to listen to, and and this is a fun environment uh, of Pearl Jam fans, and we just kind of I, I've said it before. The number one thing to us is to you know preserve people's memories, and if number one is that, then number one A is is to make Pearl Jam fans happy, and hopefully we've accomplished that. And you know, with little things like giving away some stickers and putting some merch up for sale and doing meetups during the store, uh, hopefully we're uh, you know we're we're fulfilling both one and one a there let's get into today's episode we are doing an around the world episode from nagoya japan 2003 yeah this is a cool show this is one that i always kind of go back to as being really unique it's one of those that you probably will never see something like it again and to get us into this Riot Act era show, we uh, introduce our guest for today. He is a patron, uh, subscriber to our Patreon, Eddie Quintana. Welcome back to the show. It's been about a year. Welcome back. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time. Thanks for having me back. We're, Absolutely I'm excited. Yeah, and uh, this one actually kind of worked out in sort of a, a, a weird way because what we didn't realize is one day you won our trivia contest, and we sent this to you. And then you responded on something on, on our social media saying, oh, 2003 is one of my favorite years. So it got me to thinking, all right, well, you know, it's good to get Eddie on because you've only been to one show. So you, you don't have another that we can take from, you know, your collection of shows. So I'm thinking 2003, this one's pretty good. This was the show that we sent you for winning trivia. So it all I know. very interesting, coincidental uh, kind of happened. So. Uh, did you listen to the show when we first sent it to you or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys sent it to me. I popped it on. Um, I listened to it. And then when we decided we were going to do this show, I went through it again. I have, I listened to it one more time through and then I got about halfway done. So I have about two and a half listens under my belt. 2003 is an interesting year, man. Uh, what, you know, you've said before, uh, in conversations that you love Riot Act, what makes Riot Act stand out to you? Well, I think that, you know, I love this band. I call myself almost a, a Pearl Jam apologist because, like, even, like, an example with the new song, people were like, oh, I don't like the new song. I reserved my opinions, and now I love this new song, right? They could almost do anything, and I could find a reason why I would love it so much. But I'm a political science major, and I'm very interested in politics, and this is the year and the album and the tour where they got really political and they haven't been that political since. So I'm always interested in listening to especially um, 2003 U.S. shows and the reaction to political songs like Bush Leaguer and how that was, you know, how the f fans who knew 10 verses in Vitology reacted to their band that they quote unquote liked become so political and, you know, almost anti-bush so i found i find that whole thing you know interesting the tour the album i love it so much yeah they got some different covers too you started getting know your rights and fortunate son mm -hmm. the new yeah. world a lot more kind of like the punk rock American influence came Indian. in yeah exactly yeah, and it's one of those situations where, again, like No Code was maybe the first time where you kind of weed out the people that aren't going to be your longtime fans. And this might have been, you know, the other big one where it's just not for everybody. It, you know, people that are not into politic politics and their music probably backed out when it came to this one. Yeah, and it didn't help that, you know, 
it, no code you're right is the first one and then it's it's right act just came right after binaural where it was a more experimental sound and they weren't doing all the, you know these punk covers there was more like sleight of hand of the girl kind of material on right. that so that didn't help out uh coming off binaural either yeah very experimental in the way it just it didn't get its foot off the ground but right act kind of did right act at least from my memory was able to sort of grab the casual fan base because at that time i had sort of dropped pearl jam from my repertoire but I went back to them for Riot Act because I knew that Binaural at the time wasn't really for me. I was, I was in the Yield, I was in the Versus and 10. Uh, but when Riot Act came back and I heard Save You, I'm like, okay, I'm back in on this. This feels like the original stuff that I really love from this band. And I bought Riot Act and it didn't, you know, first couple listens, it didn't really stick to me. And I was listening to a lot of different bands at the time, a lot of different genres. And uh, it sort of fell by the wayside. But now, like, I rank it, you know, it's just outside of the top five. I, I love this album, especially looking back politically now. Uh, you know, you can kind of relate some of what they were saying back then as sort of a foreshadowing as to uh, almost 20 years in the future of what what's going on now. But um, this is uh, this is interesting because this is uh, this is Nagoya 2003 J- Japanese show. They did five shows in Japan before that they were doing uh, Australia. So it's the same kind of thing that we talked about a couple weeks ago with 1995, where, you know, they were just doing the Southeast Pacific Coast. But John, uh, at that time, they were the biggest band in the world. And this time, not so much. Yeah, you know, by 2003, the landscape of music had changed. You had, you know, your Napsters and all that stuff was starting to pop up in the, you know, the... Napster was a really good band, by the way. <laughs> I have tons and tons of their music. Oh, yeah, they, it was easy to find. Um, but, yeah, you know, the you know the MTV had changed. Like, you, if you, if you went around saying you were a fan of Pearl Jam, I was almost like, really? Why? It was old. Like, it felt yeah. like you were listening to, I don't know, uh, something from the seventies, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It fit in with the classic rock. And and let's not you know get too revisionist with our history. Like when Riot Act came out, even even Pearl Jam fans, you would be hard pressed to find someone who didn't put it last on their on their album rankings when it came out. Like it was it was considered weird and and not. You know, it didn't make an immediate impact. This is this is probably the last of their challenging records. You know, when they came back in in two thousand six with Avocado, they were a more accessible kind of rock and roll classic rock band. But you know, Riot Act is is a challenging record, and at the time, it wasn't it wasn't initially loved right away by a lot of people. However, I will argue that two thousand three, and I've always gone back to this, is the year that the band cemented their live legacy. That you know, you were going to go to shows, and you were going to get things like Mansfield. You were going to get things that you know haven't been played in years and years and years, and they were going to be the band that really were going to give you the set lists that are going to be unique and different every night, where you're going on the internet and, and checking right away. Well. I got three days until my show. What are they playing this night? What can I expect for mine? So if you're, you know, and I think people at this time were still feeling pretty diehard uh, about it after, you know, 12 years or so. I think that live wise, even though the album didn't hit 
as well as it could have. I think live-wise, they were really finding their groove, and uh, and Ed was more comfortable with it, too. I think you see a lot of these shows that Ed is more willing to talk to the crowd and, and more willing to uh, be comfortable, I would think. Yeah, I think they were more relaxed with their place in, you know, in the world at this point, you know, and, and in 2003, right. they played, I think, the most shows they played in a year since 1991 or 1992. Like, they, this is a long year of touring. So, yeah, yeah and it's, it started early and it went went all year. And I definitely think that the they found their groove when it came to live stuff. I think you could see it happen in 2000 when they felt comfortable enough to release all the shows on bootlegs. Right. And then I think this really is like, let's go one further. This is where they felt really, you know, at home almost like this is like what they wanted to do. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, bringing the stuff back for, you know, the, the longtime crowd members stuff that uh, Jack wasn't playing in the no code era and, you know, just sort of, given everything back that they can and uh and you know uh, that's sort of where we are today and why we have a podcast and and why there's such a coveted live band out there so uh let's uh let's kick this show off and this is something that has never happened in a show before at this time uh the last show to date on record right now this is the opener of that show and they opened with it a couple of the home and away shows, I believe Wrigley and the Fenway show. And that's why you get given a fly as the opener here, but this is the first time they're doing it. And it's, I love it as an opener. I think the build to it, it, it fits perfectly. It, it depends on, on the show. Cause sometimes the slow burn is nice to have there, but uh, given a fly as an opener, give it to me half the time. Start doing it way more on this tour. I would think. <laughs> almost like a symbolic kind of song to open with because now like we've given we've come and now we're giving into Pearl Jam they're open like you know what I mean they're coming in they're coming they're gonna start their show let's go let's give in you know something like that that's what I think about that but you have a lot of early moments where the crowd can participate because there are some of those slower slow burn songs where the crowd really doesn't have the opportunity to participate and you know they're not playing to a large crowd here in Nagoya so get something where they can get fired up right away. 
Yeah, you know, we talk about the moments in the show where, like, in Given to Fly is definitely one of those moments where the band gives it back to the crowd and it's, it's one of those things. But this show doesn't really have those moments because there was, you know, we we understand that there were maybe a thousand people there, maybe less. So you're not getting the, they're not getting the energy back from the crowd as much as they would, you know, later on. But yeah, this, it, it makes for a very interesting dynamic between the band and the crowd, I think. Yeah, uh, I agree. And, and they've only opened with it eight times in their history, which I think is really, really low. Uh, let's see if they bring it back in 2020. It worked for them in, in both of those uh, stadium shows. So let's let's see if they bring it back. You get a little section here. Last Exit, Brain of Jay, Insignificance, Even Flow. And most of these are very powerful. Ed's kind of going all out with his voice there. He knows it's the last chance for them in, in Asia. And this would be the last ever show that they played in the continent. So, you know, they wouldn't know that to at the date. time, we'll but it's see, still, we'll see about, uh, We'll see what happens in this next year. If they do Australia next year, I could see them maybe popping over for a show or two. It's very possible. It's very possible. I, you know, they got to get to Australia first, though. That's, you know, I think they definitely owe it to those fans. But interesting here that through the first five songs, you don't get anything from Riot Act. That was the first thing that popped into my mind. Yeah, I noticed that as, too, as well. Yeah, can you imagine, like, if they come out and this, that first show in Toronto and do five old songs, people are like, wait a minute, where are the new songs? I I got to think that this this upcoming tour is going to have more new songs earlier on. I don't think we'll have to wait six or seven before we get a new one. No, yeah, and, and that's something during the Avocado Tour especially that sticks out in my mind is that, you know, within the first three or four, you were getting, you were guaranteed to get Worldwide Suicide, you were guaranteed to get Life Waste, and you were guaranteed to get Severed Hand. So, I, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, the Toronto show may be a different, uh, bit of a different play there since no one's going to know the songs. But I would think in the first five you would get Superblood and uh, and Clairvoyance. You know, yeah, we'll see. just to get yeah. get them out of the way. Uh, you know, energy songs. So anything else in this section here that uh, you know? Again, you know, you get a very early even flow. You get a lot of very high energy songs and. Uh, well, I, I want to mention it. It feels. In, insignificance. You get some really nice harmonies. I, I got to think it's coming from Cameron, but it, it sounded you really think good. So. Yeah, it sounded really good even right from the beginning. The swallow seeds of breeding in the thoughts of ten thousand fools if has a translator this whole night i forget her name chino Uh, chino thank you yeah i wrote it down later and uh translator comes on and uh talks to the crowd and the crowd is is loud here it sounds you know it, it doesn't sound like it's a big room but they are loud after every everything she says you know he's whispering into her her ear and uh they seem like they're in into it to me at least. Yeah, I don't know if it's the way that this show was recorded or just the room that they were in, but they are definitely loud when she talks, but sometimes I feel like they aren't loud in between songs or at spots of songs where crowds normally are loud. That's so th- my biggest point, yeah, and I, I'll, I'll get to it later. There's a song later that especially just feels really weird when they don't do a call and response type of deal. But at this point, they, they're kind of making a connection with the band, at least, even if it's through a translator. Right. 
But Ed says during this, he says something, you know, looks to somewhere and he says, flash the lights so we can see Bill Gates. Uh, I don't know what that whole thing was about, but he bring up Bill Gates a couple of times in this show. Yeah, I think he said it was for the wrong song, I think, first. Oh, that was later. After, when yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he he mentioned something about Bill Gates made made a joke about him being up in hmm. in the balcony or something like that. So the translator introduces Boom. This is interesting because Boom is still very new to this band. Uh, people are still really getting to know him, and he hasn't really been around the American crowd yet. But I, I feel like almost immediately. People just gravitated towards him, and, and how could you not? You know, it, he's such a, a lovable personality. But it didn't, John. At the at the time where they brought Boom in, did you think anything of like, ah, oh, that's kind of weird? They would bring in a B three guy. Not necessarily. It was just weird because it was like they they picked out this Hawaiian guy, and he had no idea who they were. I think if they had gotten some like slick, you know, Hollywood, L.A young guy to come in and play keyboards that probably would have had a different reaction but like how can you like yet yeah, if it's in perfectly with the with the myth of Pearl Jam that they would just he would find this guy on the islands and be like hey right. you're gonna you're gonna come play with us and he's never heard of them before you know it was just it just kind of added to the to the mythology of the whole thing love me some Lobo Captain. It's uh, one of my favorites off the off the uh, album. And and you're right that that this this uh, perf- this version of it on this sh- particular show is is quite incredible. And you got to think at the time this song is still hitting them pretty hard because it's very early on and right. you know the, the, it was one that was written for Ross Killed and you know uh, this this was a common song that they would play uh, back then you know almost every single night they were doing it to promote the album but more more so to in in remembrance of of what happened and that kind of fits in with i am mine back to back there you get a little bit of of the tribute back to back and this is sort of your riot act section like you were saying before love bo captain i am mine get right um get right though here's something interesting so i actually there was a point where we had covered this song and i thought you could tell that they don't like it live. You, they were, you could tell that there was something wrong with it. I liked this version. I thought this, they, I, I don't know what it was. It felt synced up. It felt like they were, you know, they were in the pocket on it. I, yeah, I don't know what it, you guys it's playing around with it. There's a little falsetto at the end. It sounds really good. I mean, it's only the fifth time they'd ever played it. 
Yeah, Mike had an awesome solo on it, yeah. so... This hasn't left the Riot Act era. This is very few songs have not come back from their albums. I think maybe just this one, album-wise. Right, and, and Ark, which you probably had its moment, and it had, yeah. it had the reasons. But I kind of don't but, count you know, Ark. Yeah, it's, it's not coming yeah. back because it was, it was for that moment in time, but... Yeah, definitely, and I think too. Like in this show, I'm sure we'll you know we mentioned it in the intro. This is such a moody show. Like it's it's not one of those like triumphant feel good Pearl Jam shows. Like even a lot of the versions of songs like you know an Even Flow, uh, Given to Fly. Like they're not as as a triumphant. I mean, you can replace that with like you know soaring whatever you want to use this. This is a kind of an intimate, like moodier kind of feel to this show. Like, and we'll talk about it again and with a couple of different songs. But it's, it's got a very different feel than a lot of other shows, even on this tour. And that's one reason. Like, when I when I send it to Eddie, it's it's one that always sticks in the back of my head when I think about bootlegs. Like, because it's so different than almost anything you you would get. Right. When I when I first listened to it, when you first sent it to me, I was like, this is different like you yeah know, it's almost like you're listening their, to their one of their rehearsals or something right like a like almost like a very long sound check mm. but right it's almost like pearl jam shows have their moments where it's like we're getting up you know we're building we're building and we get into a corduroy or we're building and building getting into an even flow but like they build and build and it almost doesn't lead anywhere to a certain point like it doesn't come down like they just keep building and it gets it's so moody and so dark but it doesn't ever go away from that so that was one of the first things that i noticed and i do absolutely love the lobo captain i am mine back to back that is so awesome um both of these performance of both those songs are incredible and seeing them back to back would that would that's just awesome to me i love both these songs when you're packaging a bunch of songs from that album together i think the first ones that come to mind are are usually those two so yeah it definitely fits in um mfc after uh get right and then you get into the weird stuff like we were saying there's an improv and mfc sounds great it's very atmospheric and it's exactly what you want in the song and you even get a little bit of the the revving car noise there too MFC's but but yeah no no untitled which is a little different i figured this would be this would have been a cool spot to throw in a, a really kind of moody untitled but yeah didn't didn't get it in this one it didn't and instead you get an improv after mfc and this is it, this is really interesting because reading on five horizons they pondered aloud whether it was done because Ed needed to catch his breath because apparently he was having some vocal issues this show. It didn't sound like or, it to me. 
I didn't I didn't hear it at all. I, I think that this was just something they kind of came up with off the cuff and they were not doing a lot of improvs at the time. Free jazz came a little later, but this is not the era of improv at all. Like the improv, I feel like it almost goes on too long. Yeah, it's almost but, I mean, six it, minutes. It, yeah, it's, yeah, it's super long for an improv. And but I mean, if it was if it was done for Eddie to catch his breath and get his vocals back to where he needed them to be, I understand. Um, I, I like it. It's 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 interesting. It it almost like like some of their songs they do improvs on. You can tell this is like a verse section, and then we're gonna go into a chorus section. I almost didn't notice any of that. It almost just seemed genuinely like just one long improv. It was it was just a jam, basically. Uh, right, yeah. That, that was it. And kind of everybody was sort of doing their own thing, and it kind of melded together pretty well. But um, you're right. It's lingering. It's ominous. It's atmospheric vibe. But also kind of sounds like your soundtrack to either a drug, a drug trip or a voyage through the woods or maybe a little mixture of both. What's weird here is that sometimes they do these improvs and you go into like, you know, a heavy song, something that kind of gets you riled up, but that that's not the case at all here. No, that is not. It, it goes into a, a very almost perfect song, immortality for the mood. I think, I think that's a perfect, I think it's perfect placement. I think it's perfect. Um, I think it's it's the, the the way the show is going that we've been talking about. I think this is like the right song that captures that kind of mood. Yeah, I, these three songs with the improv and immortality and and you are these songs kind of define what the night is. It's very jammy. It's atmospheric. It's uh, it's it's moody, ominous, whatever you want to call that. But you're not getting your normal massive drum uh, outro on the end of immortality. It's, it's very, it's just very different.
Stone come in with like an acoustic guitar. I don't know if he actually if it actually was or if it's that little plug-in that he uses, but yeah, it's a very different sound for Immortality. It's something that we hadn't I don't think we'd heard it by any any time before this, but yeah, it goes on for eight minutes. It's a, it's fantastic at the end. Yeah, very different, not something that you get from them usually. The outro here is is that that's sort of the spotlight, but you are again makes this whole section you know puts it together really well with just the the jamminess the atmospheric and the sound and a ton of delay effects too <laughs> they've been bringing it back recently it looks like they play it once or twice a tour which is great um it, I, I love you are it's fantastic I, I you know um matt bringing in that drum machine that effect everything about that is so cool um once you once you break down that song so i love it it's de- it's definitely one that i need to see live right like for my first show that we that me and randy actually like covered like i didn't have a you know songs i wanted to see i was just like whatever they play they play but now that i've seen them you are is high up there for songs like i need to see a live version of you are and i love i love this song i can see them combining it with like a clairvoyance you know it kind of fits right. in it's that very same yeah the drum machine kind of tie-in and yeah like I, I remember too the back half of riot act really gets Weird. I don't think I really connected with it as much when it first came out, but recently it's it's grown on me a lot. You know, the first half of Riot Act is a little more accessible. It's got a little more of the uh, you know, you got your Lobo Captain and Save You and Thumbing My Way and a lot of that stuff I am mine. But the back half gets really really weird. Your Help Help and You Are and Bush yeah, Leaguer and things like that. And- but it's uh it's tough. But yeah, it's 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 one of those things that rewards. Uh, deep dive like we talk about though it's their it's their longest album so yeah it's uh it's interesting that this is one of those songs that stuck around i've seen it live before and honestly i don't know if i appreciated it as much then as i would now just because it felt like one of those songs that was kind of in between songs sort of deal uh but you know fourth time going to see them you're still trying to figure out what you want out of them and what you enjoy out of them. But now I, I would take this in a heartbeat, anything from Riot act. I think I would, I would be very, very happy with you get a section here. It's, it's interesting. Cause it's not, you're not building. I think you mentioned it before, Eddie, you're not building to like this spectacular. All right, let's, let's go and hit a blood. Let's go and hit, uh, something that's a big mid set song. Do, do the evolution it, even? Do the evolution? Sure. Right. It's like it's kind of you know you're you're raising raising the spirits a little bit with light years. Green disease is a little poppy, and then daughter, you get something at least recognizable. But I, it just the flow. I'm not saying the flow is bad. I'm I'm just saying it's all very interesting. There's you know you can't 
put together two or three songs, section them out, and then put together another two or three. This is all really more like six or seven together. Right. You start, you know, this coming out after you are, you get Light Years, which was a single off by Norrell, so it's possibly recognizable. And then you get Green Disease, which is a back half Riot Act song, which is a fast tempo, whereas Light Years is this, like, ballad. And then you get down into daughter which is one of their most popular songs and is super like out there and everybody knows it and, and it, it does bring the spirit back up and then you get down into a super dark and aggressive song like lucan like it's it's weird it goes in and out and and i like it i think i think it, i think it works to a certain extent it fits the show fits probably the mood that they were in at the time but looking back on it and like almost kind of for me you look at the songs on paper and you're like huh interesting like how 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 is this gonna sound if we do it if we do it this order you know like it, it's super it's super weird almost and this could be sort of you know the uh the tryout here they're going they're about to do a big uh north american tour in uh you know in april so they have a month before they can really you know do do much to experiment so here if they experiment in front of a thousand two thousand people then it's gonna you know they can play around with it and and maybe they won't bring this kind of section in to the North American tour, which I, I don't know if they did much of. I don't have this like, you know, vivid memory of every single set list they've done that year. I, I know sets that I like, but they don't sound anything like this. That's for sure. And I, again, like it just kind of fits in with a very jammy kind of night. Like light years here is very, is very methodical. Uh, they get off to a really weird start because they're off key twice. Uh, right. So they're, you know, they're sort of, it's sort of janky. And then green disease is, is not as poppy as it usually is. It has sort of a step down to it. And then daughter's daughter with no tag. Yeah. The group right. green disease is the one you get for Bill Gates that they meant to do. That's yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah, only the fifth time that had been played too. You know, you get these early album cycle shows, and you get a lot of new, like early versions of stuff. But yeah, daughter, it's he just goes into like a like a loop or like a lot of echo stuff. Like it really fits in with the the vibe of this show. It was really different, and you can tell that they weren't going to do any tags here because it wasn't necessarily the crowd that was going to do the call and response stuff. I, I don't sure, think they, sure. you know, I don't think they would know to that, you know, another brick in the wall was coming or WMA. So, you know, play around and, and just kind of stick with that jammy vibe. And, uh, you know, it worked, but I think if this is a North American show, they would add something to it. All right. End of the end of the first set here, you get Lucan in the spin the black circle and the save you Lucan was perfectly performed did anybody recognize that yeah it there was no you know garbling up his words uh i think he hit every single word in the song for maybe the first and only time ever and the only no code song in the set that's that's a shame yeah that's a shame but it's a shame it would have been it would have been a cool show to get a present tense or uh around the bend or something like that. You know, one of the yeah. things I think of too is like for a venue like this where you're, they know it's going to get, they can do some different things. Like this is not as, as 
weird of a set list as it probably could have been. Like, you know, throw in a hard to imagine. Where's Wash? Give me some more Lost Dogs. Like, this is a this is a pretty straightforward set. I almost wish it wish they had gotten a little weirder with it. Save you to end the set though is interesting because you know you're ending a set with arguably your most known song from the album at the time. I like when they use this in the end of set. I know it's not a normal thing. I know this is sort of like a one, two, three punch, but I, I love, I, I've heard it in the end of a set before, maybe like two or three to the last. And it just sort of, it energizes you. It, it gets you ready for, for everything to come. When I was first starting to getting into the live Pearl Jam stuff, one of the first bootlegs that I listened to was the 2006, one of the Chicago shows. And they did do Save You near the end of the set. And I thought that was like a brilliant spot for it. I think it works great, you know, early set before even flow. And I think it works great at the end of a set. Um, I, I love it. I think Save You and... Uh, half full are great and uh, main set enders from Riot Act. I, I love when they do half full as a main set ender, which happened a couple times in this in this tour, the U.S. tour. I mean, but yeah, save you, save you is great here. I love it. Yeah, it's kind of it's funny. Like spin the black circle. This has kind of become its its spot that it's gravitated towards near the end of the first set. But save you, you occasionally get it late in the first set, but ninety ninety percent of the time you're going to get it in the first four or five songs. You get into the encore here. There's, again, not a lot of talking. We'll get after the first song. There's a a translator comes back in. Uh, But this is the Live on Four Legs debut of Bush Leaguer. How does he do it? How do they do it? Uncanny and immutable. This is such a happening tailpipe of a party. Like sugar, the guests look so refined. A confidence man, but why so beleaguered? He's not a leader, he's a Texas leaguer Swinging for the fence, got lucky with a strike Drilling for fear, it keeps the job simple Born on third, thinks he got a triple Blackout weaves his way through the city We have not talked about Bush Leaguer yet, so where to begin? Hmm, I think it's one of the more underrated songs in their their catalog i think people just kind of brush it off as a joke because uh it's you know political and it's just kind of anti-bush and it it is what it is it's sort of like a parody almost but some of the lyrics like the blackout weaves its way through the city is one of my favorite lines that's yeah that's one of the first amazing line. line it's such a great line it's so good um, now it's tomorrow. Everything has changed. Like, there's a lot of really, really good lyrics in this song that just sort of yeah. get passed by. And I think it's just the wordplay and the 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 ability to compare like a, a, an actual Bush leaguer to Bush. I think that some of those early yeah, it's all in the lyrics. Like 
all the lyrics of Bush League are amazing. Um, the first obvious one is the blackout weaves its way to, through the city. I think I think the way he sings that, I think the melody that it uses, all of it is is great. Um, and it's then, such a stone line too. Like oh, how, absolutely! It's so perfect. Like uh, you listen to the song, and and once you know after you listen to it and you know everything and and you know their personalities you're just like man is that not the most stone line you've ever heard oh no yeah absolutely it's it's such a great line um i think the effects that mike uses really gives it that ambiance and and ominous mood throughout the whole song um both in studio and both live but i think yeah i think that like um a confidence man but why so beleaguered beleaguered he's not a leader he's a texas leaguer that kind of stuff uh swinging for the fence got lucky with a strike born on third thinks he got a triple those are some very good lines early on what's in the, the song one well. uh the 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 choir sings what's the ruckus what's that line um the aristocrat uh, choir the aristocrat yeah. choir sings what the Ru- yeah i love that line too and the haves, so the the line after that is also really good. The haves have not a, 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 a cured or a clue. A clue like yeah. that's yeah, that's so that's so the oh I just yeah I just love this song. I can't I can't get it. I can't say it enough times. I love this song so much. This is really the last time they would play this song and have it not be controversial. So they think to themselves now like all right well we kind of know what we're doing with this when we go to Denver and everybody really knows what happened in Denver. And it's more, uh, you know, everybody remembers the Nassau Coliseum show more, but Denver is really where it all started, where you were weeding people out where yeah, he, he know, would bring, oh, break out that mask and put a, put a, put the cigarette in the mask and talk, sing mm-hmm. to the mask on the mic stand and everything. It, it became kind of, you know, a show at that point. That's something you you weren't we used to getting. Like he would kind of he would break out that that you know, shiny jacket and everything and make a big deal out of it. Well, the article that criticized it, I believe, said something that he speared his head. Right. Yeah, and, and he that was, was just the setting whole... it on the mic stand. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, it was just putting it there, but it, it it was oh he impaled the president's head. It was a freaking mask. Like what? <laughs> just yeah. ridiculous, ridiculous. But it was such like, a sensitive time he would, too. He would make out with the mask, like it, it got weird. Yeah, it was such a. People were so sensitive at that time, and you know, Denver is a different cat than than you know Long Island. And Long Island people are really they're sensitive towards nine eleven, and they're sensitive towards like you know saying anything bad about cops or anything bad about firefighters. Uh, you know, they weren't doing any of that, but you know, you sort of take it all in, and it you know they sort of turn it into that, and uh, you know. I, I believe he said it during that show. It's it's good to have conversation. That's all we're doing here is having conversation. And if you listen to the 2003 bootlegs, he says that a lot. He there's a there's a live performance of Grievance where he says that a lot. Um, obviously the Nassau Bush Leaguer stuff that that's all there. But he 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 really tried to hammer that that home for this tour. I think. Do you guys think yeah. Do you guys think this will make a make its re- return in the 2020 tour? I'm not sure. Uh, mm, I think I think no. Um but it is interesting though. I I wouldn't be surprised if they brought it back for like a one-off, but it's 
I find it maybe highly unlikely that they'll bring this song back. I, the only thing is, like, are they going to change the lyrics to, you know, the current president? Uh, I, I don't know if there's a I point to that. I think if you they have wanted to. to. I, think it's, I think the implication is there. I think people would know. We didn't really get into uh, Bush Leaguer as a live performance here. I, I, I mean, I think it's an amazing sounding live song when you get into it. It's sort yeah, of yeah, it's played pretty straight. Like the the ending, it builds up really to something nice at the end too, musically. I mean, we people focus on the beginning, but yeah, musically it it really gets to a nice place at the end. Moving forward here, translator comes back on stage. We don't really know anything that she says but it sounds like when ed's whispering some of the, those things are audible it sounds like one of the things that he said was saddam hussein did anybody else catch that yeah the, I, I, th- I definitely yeah. heard something of that yeah yeah i i did too yeah did, I, don't, you catch, I don't know did you catch the little musical tease after bush leaguer sure did little hunger strike for you mm-hmm. uh just for a split second yeah. and the crowd recognizes it and the crowd you know kind of uh gets disappointed when they don't do it all right after bush leaguer and all of that good stuff is whipping into better man um better man was the moment in this show where you know you get so used to hearing things live and you get so used to call and response and you get so used to just sort of uh, the things that make Pearl Jam Pearl Jam and that when they don't do the call and response to the chorus on this it feels really flat you know it just this song especially needs participation on it she lies and says she's in love with him can't find a better man about this particular performance of better man was that kind of i couldn't pick it up at first but now that you're explaining it it's definitely the crowd participation and back and forth between pro you know eddie and the crowd and 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 that's definitely what's missing i think uh, it definitely it seemed off without it it's it's like the, it's it's not better man unless you're singing the entire first verse and first chorus right and i think that there is a show from this little japan run i i, I want to say it might be tokyo it might be osaka i can't remember but they're one of those shows they played better man and ed lays out gives the crowds of the money and he's ex- almost expecting it he kind of just does it just to do it because he expects it from everybody else but the crowd is just kind of sitting on their hands. They don't really respond as well. So I think at this point he sings right through and he realizes that, you know, he can't do that with this crowd that, you know, at least for the bootleg wise, like let's not embarrass ourselves here. Let's just sing through and let's not embarrass the crowd. But 
Yeah, it started out really quiet. It almost reminded me of the the guitar and organ version from the re-release from the box set where yeah. he's, he starts out really quiet. Like he's almost whispering the, the beginning of it. It was, it was interesting. Yeah. And, and again, another song that doesn't have a tag on it. So you're not getting extended versions. You're not getting these live staples, you know, save it for later is a staple live, you know, every single North American show, you're going to get it and the crowd knows what's coming and you're getting a ton of call and response. But just like daughter, if the call and response is not there, then just play it straightforward and straight through. It's, but also it's has that sort of undertone. Like you were saying before, it's, it's a lot slower. It has more of a groove to it. It's definitely missing something. And, uh, it's not to say that like they played it bad or anything, but just without no. the, the crowd participation there, it just seems off. Yeah. That's it's, the best it's way. Not, I can it's not the it. moment that it usually is in the show. Right. Right. Right, right, right. It could be that it was only a thousand people. It could be that it was just not a vocal crowd. But I mean, I guess we won't know at this point. But that's, you know, you you hear so many versions of Better Man, you have some expectations there. And it just, uh, you know, sometimes, I, I guess, not for any purposes, but it just sort of falls flat. Footsteps sounds really good. Uh, you get footsteps after this section here. And harmonica is perfect on it another one that just has that feels like the pacing is right for everything that's going on to the show but it, it's an interesting choice of how they're constructing the set here you have bush leaguer that's a little upbeat and whipping that's really fast and then you know better man footsteps crazy marrier sort of you know a little bit more down tune a little bit uh what'd you think of the section john it's, I mean, I, I gotta think it was hard for them to come up with a set list for these shows. I think it was more that they were just almost, well, not necessarily throwing things at a wall, but just trying things out. Like, yeah, you know, we normally do this, but let's try this and see how it works. You know, the, why not? You know, and the, you get the last night of these tours where they kind of break out different things and try different stuff. So, yeah, I, th- I thought it was fine for the thing. I mean, it's it's not necessarily a, a down slow. I thought it was just kind of more mid-tempo-ish, just kind of like... And the footsteps doesn't, they don't play it like they did in, in 92 or 93 where it's, it's got, you know, the harmonica gives a little more bounce to it and it does have a cool solo. It, it gets a little bit at the end. It's a little more mid-tempo, but yeah, Crazy Mary is the, is the highlight here when, when Boom and Mike start there back and forth, uh, trying to outdo each other. Yeah. This is kind of the first time, you know, not this moment of the first yeah. time, but this is the first time period where Boom is starting to hit a stride with this song and, and people are starting to figure out what Boom's role is with the band. And to this day, you know, you're expecting it for Crazy Mary. It's going to be a big Boom song. So Yeah, another eight um, minutes, eight minute plus version. End of the set here, you get a very early performance of Down, which they played it a lot in the early stages of, of the Riot Act tour. And it leads me to think that this was one of the ones they thought, all right, this was a mistake not putting it on the album. It seems like there was some regret there. He mentions that a lot in these versions. He'll be like, yeah. I don't know why this didn't make the album, but it, it's, a, they, it's a great song. But yeah, another one where it's only the fifth time they played it. Yeah, think about this being after thumbing my way into Green Disease or something like that. It, it, it had, you know, it had a spot. They could yeah, have I mean, done but something it, with it. It would have it would have changed it. Like Riot Act is not is not a poppy album. It just didn't it didn't fit in. Just like you think about something like a Last Soldier 
you know, it's just, it's just almost too melodic and too happy and too bouncy for where they right. were at the time. Right. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think that I love down. Uh, it's, it's, it's great, but it just didn't fit in, in, in riot act. Uh, I think that the transition specifically the one that you mentioned between thumbing my way into you are is, is such a cool transition. Cause it's, I view thumbing my way as the end of like part one of this journey and you are really get you into the second half of that album. And I think that if you start with down, it completely changes the personality. It it. changes the way I think it changed. I think it changes the way the album's going at that point, up at that point, you get all the like most poppy stuff out of the most recognizable stuff out of the way with a save you love boat captain, I would I would even argue Ghost. It's pretty It's pretty it's pretty punk, and it's got a banging solo by Mike. And then I am mine and thumb my way. You get into UR, it starts that dark, dark build to help help Bush Leaguer half full run and the back half of that album. So would you would you have made Ghost or Crop Duster a B side to get down in there early? I could maybe argue for Crop Duster being a B side and maybe doing Can't Ooh. Keep Save You, Love Bo Captain. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love Crop Duster. See, was... <laughs> it's it, it, just just to just defend myself. I love Crop Duster. That riff, that opening yeah. riff is yeah. such a it's so cool. The, and I love the uh the ba na 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 ba that part um i didn't do i didn't do it justice but i i I love that song but i said i could see an argument that's that doesn't necessarily mean i would be in favor of that argument um but yeah i i don't know i think there's a spot i i don't know i don't know we would just have to talk about it some more let's you know where 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 else could we put down i'm convinced that there is a spot on the album for it. I, I've, I'm convinced that it, it belongs there and you're right that you are kind of starts a different side, you know, side B completely being different from side a, but I still think, I still think that you can put down after thumbing my way and it would still work in some fashion, go down green disease, help help. And a bunch of those, we end the set with rear view mirror. And I was actually very surprised by this version of rear view mirror because I thought we were getting some more atmospheric jams, like some spacey, you know, weird, you know, stuff that they were doing early in the set. This was very fast paced. It didn't fit that same vibe. It gets into it maybe later, but they start off very fast on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the first thing I noticed was the pacing of this of this rearview mirror is 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 it's go 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 go. And maybe they're just thinking that the, at this point, like we've done a lot of our jammy stuff for the night. Maybe you know, let's let's close off the set really strong and and not feed right. feed into that whole mentality. Right. Let's 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 go all the way. Let's you know pedal pedal to the metal you know let's let's go but I, I did like the little quiet part like you mentioned it does get quiet for like you know 20 or 30 seconds it is it yeah. is a nice little break in the middle of the song before they get back to it i thought i was i thought it was cool yeah yeah and during this era they were really starting to experiment a lot more with rearview mirror I, you know stone is is using a lot of different uh effects on his guitar and uh you know you, you can kind of at this point 
you know, say, okay, it sounds like this style of music. It sounds like this one. It, it sounds like a couple of different styles for this version. It's kind of, you know, just regular fast-paced rock and roll at first and then gets sort of into that spacey, jammy area. But, you know, you can't say anything bad about Rearview Mirror. It's not allowed on this show. So uh, I, I got I got nothing oh, yeah, else to... We always say that, you know, there's 536 versions or whatever it is now. And and, they're, they're all great in their own way. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, there's yeah. there's nothing there's nothing awful about River Mirror ending a set. Uh, we get into the second encore here. Translator is speaking, and you kind of hear set Ed saying that they were gonna play Nothing Man. Did you guys hear that? I thought it sounded it sounded something. He says something like, "Thank you very much for coming here. We really appreciate your support." Or something. Uh, when I, I tried to run it through the translator app that I have and it popped up with something like that for a second. I thought it was, it was a kind of them saying, you know, thank you for, for coming with us on this, you know, it was kind of a summing you up. You didn't the hear night Ed clearly saying, saying to her, we were going to play nothing, man. That I thought I heard that. I, I did not, but that doesn't back. mean, yeah, that doesn't mean he didn't. Yeah. yeah okay. I'll have to listen back and see if I hear it more closely. Well, if maybe, I hear it, then I'll land it like, in right here. But no nothing, man. Some asshole in the crowd screams, uh, speak English, and Ed obliges and says, all right, fuck you. <laughs> this thought that was a great moment. <laughs> That's great. I love that. That's great. And Ed, at the time, this is really when, I guess you can say Soon Forget, he really started doing it. But this 2003, he's really starting to, to get into the acoustic stride and, and kind of getting into solo Eddie here. And this is the second time, first time in a full set, but the second time that he's ever performed, you've got to hide your love away. Um, and of course... There's, you know, in, in Ed fashion, there's a hiccup in there in the middle and he picks right back up it, it, like it's no problem. It's no big deal. But uh, I think he's still getting into figuring out how to play these songs uh, by himself at the, at the time. Yeah, I can definitely tell the the growing pains almost of, all right, it's just me and a guitar. Let's see what we can do. And he fumbles, but he, you're right. He picks right back up and it's like not that big of a deal. And we just move on. And it's also tough because he doesn't play harmonica on a lot of songs, so he's got right. that section too. So, you know, uh, two harmonica songs in this show. How about that? Interesting. And then we get sort of bread and butter to end the set, but uh, bread and butter kind of uh, what was that? What was that sandwich that KFC had where the chicken was on the outside? It was the chicken was the bun. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. A notoriously nasty-looking sandwich. This is sort of that, I would think. I guess I guess we got to men- mention that Jeff gets the birthday treatment. So happy birthday, Jeff! Uh, that's yeah. coming up, you know, matter of weeks, uh, and he gets a cake. Um, but you get alive, and then you get lead better, and you would think that that would be the end of the show. But then they come back on to do Rockin' in the Free World. It's not coming back on. They they just continue on doing Rockin' in the Free World. So interesting that they're, you know, they're finishing off strong here when it wasn't really a set with a lot of those strong kind of songs. Right. It's it's almost like bread and butter, but it's like a 
sandwich where it's like the butter than two pieces of bread almost it's not like bread it's not like bread and butter it's you usually end with yellow lead better but they're ending with rockin um i i i all the performances were great it, it's very interesting that they decided to close with rockin though I, i'm very interested to hear what you guys have to say about about that choice because you're right like they didn't build up to all right, we're here, here's the opening, and then boom, Coderoy, and then we're building up to Evenflow, and then we're building up to a Blood or a Porch or a Do the Evolution. So it's weird that they decided that that they thought that Rockin' would be the end of the show. I, I like it. It's unpredictable. It's got shock it value, is. too. It is. I like that. I like that. It's just that the mood of the show it would have almost made sense for Yellow Ledbetter to be the closer. To I mean, the mood of the show says indifference all the way. That's, that's, uh, it, that's where yeah. I was going. For me, like, you, you talk about bread and butter. For me, this is dry toast. Like, I thought <laughs> Alive, the, the solo felt like it was cut short a little bit. Uh, Ledbetter, you, you feel like it's, you know, the moment where they get to say thank you to the crowd and it's a whole thing and it just felt kind of dry and like rocking in the free world. I thought was interesting. Like it gets kind of quiet before it jams out. But oh, I thought like, uh, like, yeah, I really missed indifference. It would have been, it would have been a nice way to end this. And I, even like a, a Baba O'Reilly, I thought would have been a good way to get the crowd up at the end. Like it, it felt like a missed opportunity where it was kind of like they were just kind of going through the motions to get, to get it over with. I kind of agree with all different facets of that. Um, I think, that maybe it should have been just a live lead better, but in, in just sort of the even again, a, shock even a, value, even a black, like instead of a live, like, you know, where's something like that where they can, it can, it, it would fit more in with the kind of down tempo, moodier sure. vibe of the show. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's, it's their, it's their last one on, on this tour of Japan. And maybe they're just thinking to themselves, it's just like, all right, again, you know, let's see if it works here, then we can bring it to some of our North American shows. And, you know, you don't get a lot of shows where something comes after Ledbetter. So it's, it's probably one of those decisions that consciously they said, uh, it's probably not going to work. Yeah. I, I definitely think that it being the last show for this, you know, leg of the tour, I definitely probably that, that, that that was one of the factors as to why they ended the show with Rockin' in the Free World, I think. Yeah, yeah. Again, you want to you wanna finish off with a bang, so that it does make sense. How would you guys like to do top three? Who wants to start out? Ed, do you want to start? Um... No, I'm gonna let me let me think about this. Let me go ahead and <laughs> pass. Think about this. Yeah, give yeah. me one second to that, think. About that's this. usually my move. Good, good work on that. No, my <laughs> uh, my top three. I'll say uh, Crazy Mary, number three. Uh, to hear hear Boom and Mike go go off on each other in 2003 it was kind of the genesis of that it was really interesting, and I thought Mike really picked it up at the end, and I'll, I'll give it a tie because. Uh, boom was still uh new to the band but it's it's mike's tough to beat on those things like i always say uh number two i'll say daughter even though we didn't get a tag i thought it was really cool the way he was kind of experimenting with his voice and playing with some lutes it almost reminded me of arc a little bit uh where he was kind of messing around with some different vocal things um and number one has to be that the improv immortality section like absolutely gorgeous that improv like musically i thought it was fantastic and immortality an- another eight minute performance like the acoustic guitar stone comes at the end really unique i thought it was amazing so those are my uh, my top three 
Will the waiter be taking your order already, or do you still have to look at the menu? No, I, I'm I'm good. Uh, I think <laughs> I definitely, <laughs> I definitely think that um, my third of this set is definitely Footsteps. I love I love what they did with that song for this set. Uh, I love that solo, that in between solo before the final chorus. Um, I love that. That's great. Um, my number two is going to be hard, I think, but I'm going to probably go with Last Exit. I love that song. I love where it's placed here. Um, it brings the mood back up after Given to Fly. Um, I, I, it's great. I love it. Um, and then my number one, uh, it'll, I don't know if this is kind of a cop thing, but the back-to-back Lobo Captain I Am Mine, that's uh, perfect. I think, I think those two songs go well together um and in the way both these performances are excellent and i love seeing it back to back like that um it's it's great yeah my my number three is love boat captain on its own just i think this era there's so much passion going on with it Mm -hmm. and i I think this is one of the ones that you can just feel sometimes when there's a new song like an unthought known or you know on uh lightning bolt it was you know sirens or lightning bolt like the band feels it there's a certain chemistry there's a certain energy that comes from a specific song that maybe while they were recording it they felt yeah we got something here and i I feel like out of everything on Riot Act, Love Boat Captain is is that song for this time period. So that's my number three. My number two is Bush Leaguer because uh, you know I'm I'm sort of a homer for my own uh, product here, and I, I I love the idea that we've now gotten to cover it and, and sort of check one more check crossed off, off the list. We've only got a few left. Yep. So from Riot Act, we have Help Help. Uh, Ghost and Ark. We have a lot from Riot Act, so if anybody has any of those shows, we could do that Jacksonville show. Jackson, yeah, I was there, yeah. So that that would knock off uh, Ghost and Help Help. We're going to do PJ20 at some point, so that should knock that off, and you know we'll find one of the nine for Ark, I suppose. And number one is the improv immortality bit it's you know it defines what this show is in a nutshell and what they were trying to accomplish and it's just so different from any other set list that you get on any normal night of pearl jam that you know nobody is really digging for something from nagoya 2003 this is not something that people really talk about so us bringing it up and and covering it you know and getting it into the limelight is just sort of you know, it's bringing something different and unique to the table, and I, I think that's one of the big standouts from this, obviously. So, a rating, anybody? Mm. This one's tough. I really, I'm. This was the hardest. Like this between. was the hardest yeah. rating I've I've had to do so far. I've, I, I, I could go both ways. I still am not a hundred percent sure what I'm going to say. No, neither am I. I have, I'm not either. I have thoughts on it though. Sitting here and actually talking about it has changed my perspective on this particular bootleg. For the positive, more positive, or for uh, more po- no, more positive, more positive. Okay. Um. Uh. I, you know, it's not. It wasn't what I was expecting with a Pearl Jam bootleg. I, I'm I'm used to the more recent stuff and, and where you know, it's just like it's got this massive. It's it's a massive moment almost. Um. And then this one, it it didn't. It, it, I'm not saying it didn't have those moments. I'm just saying that it's like it's almost like that 2000 bootleg. Uh, the 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 cat uh, mm-hmm. Is that how you the say night it? Two of Katowice. Katowice. Yeah, Katowice, yeah it's like it where yeah the night two. I think it was where it was they started off with like 
sleight of hand and 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 i didn't really get what this bootleg was until i was come i was talking to you guys um the mood it's 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 a particular kind of pearl jam bootleg is i think the best way i could describe it it's it's not it's not as up there but it's got it's got its moments uh a rating i would probably say like a seven and a half maybe if if that's that's okay. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's 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 yours, man. It's, yeah, I would say the nice thing about it is you weren't at this show, so I don't feel bad being like, oh, well, I'm gonna give a six to your, you know, your ten. <laughs> right, right. That right. I've done to people before, but yeah, I'm I'm in that boat. I think I think I'm like seven and a half there. I, I, this is this is one of the ones that I'm not gonna forget because of some of the unique jamminess. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I'll recommend it to people, but it'll it'll come up in bootlegs when we discuss that are just sort of off the cuff and different, like you were saying. I I think this one will come to mind at some point, but sort of in like an off offbeat kind of way, not like oh my god, you have to listen to Nagoya. Mm-hmm. It's just a like. If you've ever gotten your gotten your hands on Nagoya, it's it's an interesting listen that that kind of way. So I, I'm like in between seven and a half and eight. I I enjoyed listening to it. I, I love this era, and we've been doing so much '95, '98 kind of stuff lately that uh you know it it, it refreshed 2003 for me a lot. So this felt fresh, if anything. So well, yeah, for me, like I I thought about going as high as like a an eight eight and a half because it's so unique and it's like and it deserves something for that but it's you know i i talk about those moments at a pearl jam show and you need they're they're the kind of band that needs the crowd to to lift them up and to be part of the show and all that and as this is going to sound critical but it's not i'm going to give this show like a five that was my original because that was my original it's it just doesn't have those moments. And yes, like the improv immortality section is great. The Like there, there are great moments, but there's great moments in every pro jam show. Right. But I felt like there were missed opportunities with the ending and the beginning. And there's almost never been a bad pro jam show. Even, even a five is not a bad, but I, if you're looking, if you want to show that, that you're going to connect, this is not a show that a lot of people are going to connect with. It's something that you, would almost have to be in that kind of a mood. Like if, if this is a nerdy show, you, yeah, for sure. If you like, need like, this is a, something that bagel would love. If you need like a palate cleanser or something, if, if you're tired of, of the same old, same old, and a, and a lot of people aren't that it's for the, this is a show for the hardcore fans. Like, like you talked about. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to say, yeah, I, I'm going to say five and the, and that's not to be critical. It's not that the performances weren't good. It's not that the song choices, even though I, you know, I talked about the missed opportunities, but that, that is what it is. You know, that's, that's us looking at it 17, 18 years later, but it's uh, yeah, I'm going to go with a five. I just, it's just, it is what it is. It's just, it's kind of a, it's just kind of a, an outlier in the, in their history. I don't think we've gotten a five on the show since, uh, since we've had you as a co-host, yeah, I think yeah. that is that that and is the most that we've had in a long time. Yeah, and and, and again, I and it, 
and when we started doing when we started talking about doing around the world this was immediately on my radar because i do think it's unique i do think it's it's cool it's important to cover it's it's not something we we're going to get every week but and it's it's something that pops up like i talked about when i it's one that i always like send to people if i if i need a go to if i can't think of something you know cuz it's it's a unique listen but it's it's not one that i think people will will connect with like they like a lot of them do now as a collective podcast, uh, we're trying to get everything in from every era and sort of, you know, keep it fresh and keep it debate the debates uh, going. So this was this was a nice this was a nice uh, refresher. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, and I think too, like one of the things I love about this podcast is like we're and being part of it, especially is like I feel like we're putting together the pieces of a puzzle that's. 30 years long you know we're kind of yeah we're filling in here and there i think it'll be so interesting to go through at some point chronologically and kind of you you be able to kind of live the journey through the band because you know i try to go through and talk about you know where they were at the time and what was going on around the show and everything like that to kind of fill in the the whole complete picture of the show and this is one of those that you know not, a lot of people might not ever realized that Pearl Jam ever played a show like this. You know, they just think that they're all, you know, what they are now. But it's this is one of those this is one of those weird puzzle pieces that that fits into the whole picture somehow, you know. All right. Uh Eddie, we had a really good time doing this. This is a very unique show and uh glad uh you can come on and uh give your uh insight on this and all that. Uh you have anything you're promoting? Anybody you, you wanna give a shout out to? This is your moment, uh... my friend. Um, I'm no, I mean, I I'm on Twitter. If you want to talk Pearl jam, I think it's Eddie Q three, four, four, um, waiting for gigaton, but big shout out to my fiance. She was in the room the entire time. She, she was just laying here. Listening <laughs> she didn't to make me. a peep. No, she was just listening, listening to me talk about Pearl jam for well, uh, like an hour and a half. Yeah. Well, well, let us know when the, when that leg two is announced, if you're going to be able to make any of those shows, that'll be interesting. Oh, absolutely. Hopefully, cause you, cause you're in, you're in Florida. I'm in Georgia. We're, we're kind of neighbors here. So hopefully they'll, they'll come back down to our neck of the woods in the, in the fall. Absolutely. I hope so. I'm waiting. I'm hoping for an Orlando show for sure. Cause I know I got a place to stay. So uh, if they do Orlando, that would be great. I would love yeah. an Orlando show. What if the band did Disney? Is that too weird? <laughs> um, oh man, you would um, get so many Pearl Jam fans at Disney, and it would just be. Did you see? The, just I be think there walking was a, around. There was a picture of Ed at Disney World a couple, from a couple weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He went with the whole family. Yeah. And people were actually like trying to look for him. That they were there down there. I wouldn't be surprised if people that lived down in Orlando just said, "Oh, you want to go to Disney?" Just I heard Eddie's there. See Ed. I I wish I would have known. I would have stopped exactly what I was doing and just <laughs> gone straight to Orlando. I'm only like an hour and an hour and a half away. I should have told my brother. I should have been like, "Hey, you know, you hate Disney, but but go. You guys have passes, so go." Uh, all right, Eddie. Uh, thanks for doing this. Oh, thanks. I'll be there when this episode airs. So if you're if you're there, come come say hi. Oh, cool, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, I love thank it. You. Pro, I, I don't I don't get to talk Pearl Jam with a lot of different people, but it's great to have. That's these, why we're here. Yeah, these this, these podcast communities. It's great. I love it. Thanks, guys. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. It was Thanks great. for uh, your your patronage and uh, absolutely your insight was was awesome. 
So once again, thanks, Eddie, for coming on and uh, chatting with us today. That was a fun experience. Yeah, thank and, you so much, uh, man. That was that was a hard show to do for a for a guest, you know. When yeah, came up with that one, that was that was challenging. I think I did a really good job with it. It was. It was I think you did listen. too. Yeah, yeah, Thanks yeah. Riot Act, Riot Act is an interesting era, and uh, this was very early on. So I don't think we were really prepared for what was in this show. So for a guest that's only done one other show to come on, and and uh, he really hit a home run with it. So yes, thanks again, Eddie. Definitely. We'll, We'll definitely have you on another episode soon. So let's close this out. We got a couple of things that we just want to throw by you. Uh, first, let's mention the week of the Toronto show. We are kind of, let's tease this here. We're going to do some really cool things that week. We are going to try and release one episode a day that week leading into Toronto. So Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah, we won't I, reveal what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, yet, it might not be, it's, it's not all going to be like a regular episode. There'll be some cool. No, stuff there'll be there. some fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, I think we're definitely going to do a reactionary episode. Uh, just, you know, from the Toronto show, we have a, uh, a fan of ours that has been kind enough to, uh, to want to talk to us and kind of get yeah, his for the, feedback. For the first time, we're going to have like a live call-in show. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Brock, get ready. You're, you're on call there. Uh, can't wait to do that. And, um, yeah, I think for the Patreon, we're going to try to do as much of the, the tour as possible. If, if we don't get to Nashville and St. Louis at the day after, then, We'll do it in bunches or something like that, but we'll try and get you know rea- our reaction on Patreon. We're not going to do every single one to the regular podcast page, but we're we're going to try to get react you know instant it'll, reactions. I mean, to let's, shows. let's be fair; it'll, it'll mostly be me gloating about how my fantasy team is doing. Ooh, now that's something you will find out how John's fantasy team <laughs> all ended up to be in that week in the episodes that week, and how mine is better. I don't care what John says. I I picked a damn good team and I'm happy with it. The ticket bastards rule overall. Yeah, you guys you guys get a chance hopefully to hear it and make your own decisions. We'll maybe do like something fun with that. But yeah. I also want to make a correction. I think I the whole this whole time we were we're doing the the podcast meetup in Nashville. Yep. And I think I've been I've been calling it Pearl River because in my brain I'm thinking River Cross, Cross Pearl Jam. <laughs> yep. But it is it is the Pearl Diver if anyone's interested in coming. Yeah, I think we're gonna be there at seven thirty local time. Sounds just like central time. time the night before. So come hang out with me and uh, the the girls from the porch and the Brads from Single Podcast Theory. So yeah, it should be should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to meeting some people. Hopefully, I won't be just the third wheel. Um, and, <laughs> Sorry, uh, I can't we'll, uh, be there to sort of have yeah, your back there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it'd be nice. But uh, yeah, if everybody show up and uh, and come hang out with us, that'd be great. Looking forward to it. I got yeah, you back it is, in St. Louis. It is, it is the Pearl Diver, not Pearl River. <laughs> we were going to do this thing, uh, this wish list thing. We posted on our Facebook this weekend about how – I don't know. I just made up this thing where it was just making us, you know, writing to Santa Pearl Jam. I think it was, yeah. If Pearl Jam was Santa Claus. Right. And you could make a wish list, what would your letter be to them? So write us a letter. We want to hear from you guys. Uh, Write us a letter. Not that we're Santa Pearl Jam, but write to to Santa Pearl Jam, but directed to, uh, uh, you know, send it to us. Santa God. Santa God or Santa Cruz. That song, yeah. yeah, Santa God, Santa Cruz, yeah. whoever, whoever you believe in. Yeah. Um, 
uh, write to us at live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. And it could be something like, I kind of went cute with it. I'm like, I've been a really good Pearl Jam fan this year. And, you know, I started this podcast and I've, you know, uh, I'm really happy that I'm going to St. Louis and I really want to go to MSG. And, you know, then I said what I really want. Like, don't be like, well, I want all of yield and I don't want to hear any 10 anymore. Like, and try not to be negative. We've had some comments that are like no politics and things like that. Try to try to like, you know, give us a real from the heart. Yeah. If what you, you, if you do see. it, if you do this as, as trying to troll us, I will troll you back. Mm-hmm. You so, sure will. So Fight. yeah, don't, you don't, you don't want that. No. John trolls really hard, you guys. I I I, I still have bruises from his trolling. <laughs> yeah, write to us at live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be lengthy. I think Aurelian wrote us one this week and uh he did a really good job. It was kind of mirroring what the the London sign was, you know, where he was using right, right. song names. So if you got something clever, go for it. If you just want to say, Hey, you know, this is my first show at such and such place. And it has been so hard to get tickets. And, uh, I really want to hear this because, uh, you know, it reminds me of my friend or something like that. Then, you know, we're, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll take an episode. We'll take a chunk out of an episode and read all of our wish list requests. So that should be, that should be a good time. That should be fun. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, live, live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. I got to work on mine. Tis the spirit of the season. And no, John, you cannot say come to Atlanta. That's not part <laughs> of this. This is right here and now what they are doing instead of what they're not doing. It's positivity. Positive, positive, positive. Please come play for a week at the Fox. And you can you think stay at my house. Fox? And like, it's totally cool. Like we'll listen to records. We'll like it'll be it'll be rad. All right. So next week we are back with another episode. We are going to do a Patreon episode for Dylan Sumter, Chicago, nineteen ninety four. It's going to be a really fun episode. That, There's that early ninety four stretch. All those shows are classic yeah. and epic, and like we we're going to get to all of them at some point. Don't worry. But early these, vitalogy. I love doing these. Yeah. Yeah. Early vitalogy. And then, you know, this is, it was back to back with the show at the Chicago theater. So they, you know, they're playing in front of 13,000 Chicago theater. Then they start playing in, in front of 2,500. Yeah. And they're like, show. all right, we're going to basically, you know, do something that none of you see coming and it's, it's fucking awesome, especially in retrospect. So, uh, that's going to be a really good show. And if you're like Dylan and you are part of our Patreon team or want to contribute to Patreon, patreon.com slash live on four legs and subscribe. It's a dollar to subscribe. And we are changing up the tiers where we are still going to do dollar tiers for, for anybody that gets puts in a dollar tier. It's going to be, access to all of our episodes but it won't necessarily you won't be the front of the line if you if you donate five dollars yeah, it's just a, it's just a function of and it's it's all thanks to our patrons you know we we've gotten a huge outpouring of support which we're eternally grateful for but it's just getting to the point where you know we have you, a lot of requests coming we, in we, yeah we're we're not going to be able to get to all these requests this year so we want to make it give something for the people who really you know want their episodes on and really if that's something that you care about 
then we're going to give those people a chance to kind of move to the front of the line. But you'll still be able to get all access to all the posts and all the extra episodes and everything for just $1 a month. That's not, that's not going to change. Yep, and for all you current patrons, you guys are grandfathered in. So if anybody's a dollar donor, you guys have the same, you know, it, it's the same as everybody else. So uh, we're excited to get to everybody. And there's some patrons out there that haven't gotten us episodes yet. So if you're one of those and you're listening now, get us your episode. We want to see what you got. We we always have uh, get in while the getting is good right we always have room to fill so chicago 94 next week and a lot of fun stuff on the way as we just count down days it's not even months anymore it's days until the, the tour begins and days until the album comes out so we're really excited for that and we will uh leave you to enjoy and anticipate that and for all of us here at live on four legs this may be the end We're here, but not for much longer, and although we may be parting ways, I listened to you guys last week. I know that you tried really hard on this, and you guys did pretty good. I I passed it to Buckley. I I was not ready. I I threw it on him. Sorry, Chris. You guys did pretty good. I, I, I don't think you finished the line. I think you just said, I miss you always, but that's fine. I miss you already. I miss you always for Randy and John, and thank you to our guest, our patron, Eddie, for coming on the show. Uh, We will see you next week for Chicago 1994. When you won't need a translator. Sure.